It is a mid-spring day here in Texas where I sit at my desk and a splendid wind of this season is moving deeply and profoundly and gently through the land. We're in a season of flowers blooming, new leaves budding on trees, and yet argument throughout aspects of humankind, wedding vows soon to be said, and other aspects of humankind. Babies coming forward to be born soon, losses, gains. And as the next breeze passes across the yard here and through the willow buds on the two trees on either side of the house, where I sit, a continuum of three in one of heaven on earth exists. The great mystery from which we all arise has yet to be adequately named. We can respect that great one. We can call out to him or her, creator of the winds and the human beings and the firmament of earth and all planets and stars and matter throughout the cosmos. Or we can try to not name it so that some part of us can feel that it's all about ourselves or that it's just empty and without meaning or ascribe secular meaning to it. But all too often we argue rather than simply recognizing that none of us can say when the next breeze will pass by the willows here. But I can trust that breeze. I can trust the beautiful splendor of those young trees, which John and I planted ourselves and Blaine with us. I can trust that which created those trees and all of us. It is mysterious, incomprehensible, and yet intimate. We are all of that. When we turn in such an innocent and pure way our attention to that, something becomes very serene within the spiritual heart. Our human character is attenuated to the direction of the Holy of Holies or of the cosmic domain. We are paying attention with all that we are as a human being in our knowledge of the past, our practice of life in the present, toward an unknown future, yet one which is addressed by the direction in which we face our lives with our free will, with our gifts and our limitations, our knowledge and our lack of knowledge. And so of that heaven and of that vessel we are here alive, there is one thing I find we can do which is blessed in all of us by the prophets and saints and sages of history as our ancestors. 
we can allow heaven and allow ourselves to be the most transparent and real vessel we're capable of being in virtue and in life. And then allow that third aspect in between heaven and earth to be a translation point that is modest, receptive, responsible. And when we allow the three in one, heaven, self, and all that is in between, when we allow the three in one to be expressed beyond all violence, we have revealed to us experiences of who we are and why we are here. Why is it so difficult for us to enter that quality that I spoke of in the last class as the way through? Well, because when we face the next moment and another person has more of anything than we do, and every human being has something more than any of us and something less than any of us, and we have something more than any other human being, and we have something less than any other human being. So like snowflakes, we have this quality of energy or vibration or identity that is singular. Mystically, when we are very intuitively aware, one is able to perceive that each human being is spectacularly unique. Oh my goodness, it is you, and you, and me. And then out of that oneness, there is we, oh we, the three of us, including you, and you and myself. And instead of paying attention to that middle world between heaven and self, heaven and our earthly body that was conceived and born and will die, instead of allowing that third aspect to be three in one, heaven and you, heaven and you, heaven and me, instead of letting that middle realm be of heaven through us transparently beyond all violence, we fight, oh, this is what heaven is. I told you how I speak of God. You just don't listen to the fact that your name for him is wrong. Oh, I can't believe you call God her or say that as if it's impersonal. I can't believe you think God is personal. I can't believe you name God anything at all. I don't want to speak about God. All you do is fight. I want to call it the universe or nothing. And then where are we? The word in Hinduism would be, we are ignorant, ignoring that, ignoring God, ignoring truth, ignoring what happens to the small self as the vessel opens to heaven and faces the direction of the larger self with a capital S. Oh, I the child of that. I the daughter or son of heaven. And you, 
and you and me. I apologize. I am so terribly sorry. Let us make reparations to God. Now, where was he? Where was she? Where was God? When they created a person of Asian descent. And where were they when they created a person of Yupik Eskimo descent? And where were they when they created, we could go on and on and on. Let's see, and I was not in this body, but in the vessel of this incarnation, how can I respect and regard what that great one, whom we call God, created? How can I respect that which the divine caused? Why is my attention not always only in the direction of heaven? On earth, in this vessel that is you, or you, or me. Why did we argue? What happened? Well, one of your ancestors and one of your ancestors and one of my ancestors killed or were killed by another one or a disease, or a saber-toothed tiger, or an avalanche. And so your ancestor and your ancestor and my ancestor learned his tribe is evil, hers is cursed, mine is really negligent or fallen or really incredible. And so we started to identify the vessel trying to take over being the creator. I can do this if I want. I could hate you if I wished to. I could kill you if I felt like it. Because I'm afraid that you might hate me because you've learned to hate God, because he took your child or your ancestor or your spouse or your neighbor or some part of you or because she seemed to neglect you in prosperity or health or ease or love. And so we fall away from heaven and we create a middle world between heaven and earth so that rather than the three-in-one heaven, the vessel of oneself on earth, and all that is in between, instead of that being a fluency of oneness embodied, Oh, three and one, as it has always, ever, only been. We argue an almost infinite number of missed translation points. Let me tell you what your people did to my people. And then we go back and say, well, my great-grandfather was a Malaysian slave in Cape Town, South Africa. And his wife was part Zulu, but married a man from a forbidden tribe. So she was pushed out of the village and came into Cape Town. And then let's see, who else am I descended from? And what do I do when I go back to Cape Town and stand in District 6, where 40 years ago, bulldozers came through 
and demolished the house of my argumentative ancestors. How shall I argue the point now? Who shall make adequate reparations? The father who denied my ancestress? The one who kidnapped my Malaysian ancestor and placed them in shackles on a ship? The one who purchased them? What part of it needs to be forgiven? Who fell from heaven? Well, I have because I'm demanding of myself, unknotting something that I cannot only do in my body. It requires the willingness of other souls related to me to be turned heavenward, three in one toward heaven, on earth, in history, or the present, or the future, so that all that is between heaven and oneself with a small s, with a big sigh, can be released, allowed to have existed as real on the earth of conception and birth and life and death, which did not fulfill heaven on earth and which did not allow a full revelation of the grace possible for my ancestress or my ancestor or yours or yours. Well, then, as I make reparations to heaven through prayer, offering of ceremony, devotion, service, beauty, goodness, virtuous actions in life and in family and in work, in habits. I begin to open my senses to the capacity of grace, allowing that three-in-one for you and you and myself including all of our ancestors. Then the gift and direction of the prophets and the saints and sages begins to show us the capacity of the spiritual heart, the heart chakra in the center of the chest. Oh, if I allow heaven and I receive that, as the humble and yet respectable being I am, as the human being, I find in the vessel of my incarnation a movement beyond all weapons, which makes reparations back to God through my gestures of daily life, of daily bread, beyond all violence, on your behalf, on your behalf, on my behalf, on behalf of all of your ancestry and all of yours and all of mine. Oh, the three are one, the movement of heaven through me, the movement of my individual simple life through me. 
Oh, I do not need to armor myself and hesitate and close down to the divine in each being around me and in all of life around me. Rather, I can begin to open to the direction of heaven through all other beings and through myself meeting so that the three-in-one meets through you, heaven and earth and all translation points in you, heaven and earth and all that is between them in you, and then in myself. What occurs then is what I'm calling the long game. I don't mean it in a foolish way of games. It's rather a phrase used commonly in the English language. Much at hand in the world right now is the short game. People are very driven right now, often rather than studying virtue, to making a killing on a house. I made a killing on that house. I sold it for twice what my parents sold it for. I wonder if the market will go up or down. I want to get a job where I make a lot. I want something where I have power over him. I want to make that person hire me because I'm so attractive in my inappropriate shoes or not quite being honest on my resume. But I got the job. I go, why would you do that? Why would we do these things? Well, because I want more than my neighbor or because I can if I feel like it. Or because I can feel the middle world is so juicy and magnetic, magical. Wow, I feel so real when I ignore heaven and I cease being the transparent instrument of heaven. I just feel so, I go, you're right, you feel all your karma. Yuck. It's actually revolting, sickening, maddening inconscionable, not real, illusory. It's not home. It's not who you are, not you or you, not me. Why then would we do this? Well, because we were afraid of death. If my child has smallpox, if the tiger comes, if the chief of the next village comes with a club and kills my wife or steals her or him or me, my sister, my brother, my baby, my father, the midwife, the only one who could safely deliver the baby, what shall we then do? So we've created a translation point that is like a closed and locked door that we will only open when God shows us, I will never, ever bring mystery to you again. I will always let you be in control and let you know exactly what to do until you want to unlock every single bolt on that door. And so we tentatively take these tiny steps toward opening in the short game. Well, I might make a gain on my apartment in two years. You know, I'm going to wait and see. 
I might tell my parents what I'm doing when I feel like it. Well, I, I could do all right in school and not lie on that exam, but you know, not yet. I go, if not now, when? If not you, who? Right? These are lines from sacred books. If not me, then who, Lord? So if in every moment you come back to three in one, you will always know what to do. You will always be turning toward eternity. And the mystery of eternity, the present moment, and the past being one through your heart of hearts. The divine will reveal to you inspiration through which you embody the next moment as your path. Oh, this is who you are. Hello. And this is who you are. Such love. And this is who I am. Here we are together. Three in one. Heaven. Our incarnation. And the knowledge of how to intimately be in the present moment into the next moment of life. Why this is important for in a way that I can give the mind so the mind doesn't constantly fight you in this is if we were living long ago and we survived a brutal attack of a war, we might justify our weapon or say, I killed that baby because I hated that other tribe. But the stories of the beings of eternity, the great souls, Lao Tzu, Epictetus, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and the other children whom she bore, and for some Christians, they are only taught of Jesus. Most historians have talked of their being a larger family. The qualities of any woman, man, or person who is spoken of in the winds of God is a quality where the three-in-one is ever-present. Even if we don't know the name of a sacred person from any nation upon the earth, any continent, a country that's historic or current or will be in the future, there is a feeling our souls know where heaven and earth and all the points in between are safely translated through the name Aristotle. Yasodora, the wife of Buddha. Oh, and our soul rests. Oh, I, I know the direction. Because the revelation embodied in a being who practices the three-in-one is the eternal nature of your signature and yours and mine, always, everywhere. 